You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 577. Patience, Mm -hmm. persistence, Mm -hmm. perseverance. Love it. It took me seven months to close my first deal. What if I would have quit at month six? Quitting was never an option to me. So for anyone listening, don't quit. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome, everybody, to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where we know that finding discounted properties is the most proven path to financial freedom. I am your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, Mr. Talk to People, and I am telling you, if I can do this, so can you. So let's get started. We are here in the TTP podcast studio, and I am absolutely thrilled because I have somebody in here that I'm going to interview that has done $124,000 in deals in his first year in the competitive market of Los Angeles. More specifically, right out of Inglewood, it is my pleasure to introduce to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, Mr. Kobe Obi Yesya. Yes, right. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. Finally. Yes. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me on. You know, it's a pleasure. Well, we've been talking, we've been texting, we've been, you know, involved. I've been seeing the progress that you've been going through, and I think it's just exciting. But uh, rewind the tape a little bit for everybody and and tell people who you are and where you're from and kind of your real estate journey so far. Okay. So I'm from Los Angeles, as you you mentioned, from L.A. A little bit about myself is um, my my father. He was a real estate broker Mm -hmm. and investor. So I kind of grew up with real estate in the household. Awesome. And, you know, that was my beginning. That was my start. Uh, every now and then, uh, my siblings and I, we would work in the office and, you know, we would pick up phone calls and, and that was around high school. So I had a little experience with talking to sellers. You knew the language. I knew the language a little bit. Okay. But I wasn't good at it and I didn't have the interest that, you know, he wanted me to have in it. Got it. So I went to college. Uh, my, my mother helped me pick my major, did corporate finance mm-hmm. and uh, accounting. And uh, I wasn't interested in it. I had no no desire to do anything business oriented. Right. While I was in college, I was studying like, you know, on my own. I would go to the library, study philosophy and history and metaphysics, mm-hmm. those kind of subjects. So I'll come back home and my mom and dad, they would see kind of like the change. But it, I wasn't talking about business and corporate finance. And they'd be like, well, you know, I'm Nigerian, so the accent, what are you studying? You know? Yeah. <laughs> what are you, I sent you to college to do uh, corporate finance. You are talking this, that. Yeah. So, you know, um, I finished, long story short, four, yeah. four and a half years, gave my dad a degree. Mm-hmm. I said, here you go. I did that. And then I didn't do anything in business. Nothing. I just, I knew that I didn't want to work for anybody. Okay. That was my main thing. I didn't want to work for anybody. When did you discover that? In college. You did? In college. What was it? Do you I, remember? I just felt this, the first job I ever had and the mm-hmm. only job I ever had was in college while I was taking these business, these corporate finance and it was wet seal. 
Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> retail. Retail. Yeah. And I was a stock boy. Mm-hmm. And I was in the back all the time, just in the little room. And I was like, this is not my life. This is not my life. I know when I graduate, I'm not going to do a nine to five. The manager, she was a sweet, she was a sweetheart, but I could not see myself having a manager. I had to have my own business. So while it was in college, I was also, you know, doing spoken word poetry and I would perform as an artist. So I knew that when I graduated, I wanted to kind of go on that journey as an artist. Sure. So that's what I did. Uh, my brother and I, we kind of did the same thing. We did music. Uh, mm-hmm. Around 2010, when I graduated, I came back down to L.A., pursued music. And I built a kind of pretty good under- underground following of music. Pretty good underground What following. kind of music? Uh, hip-hop, reggae, soul, uh, jazz. It was a culmination, fusion wow. of genres. Yeah. And that was my passion, writing poetry sure. and, and doing spoken word. But it wasn't giving me the financial stability. That's the thing, right? I mean, it's really interesting being an artist and looking at the business side. How do you go after your your passion, your purpose, all these, you know, all of that if if there's no money coming in, right? I mean, that's the realistic look at it, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. You said it best. I mm-hmm. mean, that's for me I was like I can't continue right doing this without bringing in the kind of money that I know I need in order to take care of myself. Then my uh, eventually fast forward my wife and I, girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. we got married and, you know, we had our child, our, our beautiful daughter. And when she was born, it was like shifted. Mm-hmm. I knew I needed to take uh, that next step. Yep. That's what triggered everything for me. You know, um, I got a little more serious and uh, I just told my wife, you know, I need to do something different. I knew real estate was there, mm-hmm. but I didn't take immediate action. Incredible. But I did take action. Yeah. Summer. Yes. Of 2019. Yeah. And I just started to watch guys like yourself on yep. YouTube. Yep. And um, uh, long story short, after watching YouTube University and learning from guys such as yourself, then I took action in August of 2019. Awesome. Your real estate origin story is unlike any I've ever heard. Awesome. Usually it's like this, <laughs> Kobe, right? I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and now I'm in real estate, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's, I that's like that. 80%, 90% of that, right? Yeah. But you had like a vision that this was where you need to spend your time, your efforts, your skills, your abilities is in real estate. Absolutely. Incredible. Absolutely. Incredible. So you said in August, you start taking action. Started taking what action. What does that mean? So I TTP. Yep. Literally what you were saying to do, I mm-hmm. did. So what I did is I um, downloaded, I got an app called Vacant House Data Feed yeah. from a guy yeah. named Cameron Dunlap. Yep. I didn't know if it was going to help, but I'm like, let me just do something. Then I got a cash buyer data feed he also has. And for people listening, uh, I don't know if he still has it, but you can check that out if you also need something to start out with. Sure. I didn't know too many systems at the time. Yeah. So I just used that list. I didn't go to the county. Well, I tried to go to the county one time for probate. Yeah. That was a disaster. Sure. So I I, I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. So I just said, I'm not going back again. And in LA, downtown LA, like, it's a mess. Like, I I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I started calling from that list. Uh, the vacant house data feed. I literally spent like five hours a day mm-hmm. uh, just calling. Every day? Every day. All Were my... you scared when you started? It's mm, a good question. Yeah, first, I was nervous. I was nervous. <laughs> the first call, the first nervous. getting going. Yeah. Right? But because I I know my my story before taking a dive into real estate, 
It's a little deep, but because I was an Uber driver too mm-hmm. for two years, I was used to talking to people. Yes. Complete strangers. Beautiful. Okay. Two years of doing that, yep. I was talking to people. Yep. I was nervous just about how to do it because mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't know that much about real estate. Yep. You know, uh, yeah. especially wholesaling. But I mean, after like two weeks, it was like cruise control. It is. It was cruise control. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing, and I love that you said that about you building up, you build up your experiences of conversations, right, with strangers. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why I always encourage people, you know, people think that, you know, well, I want to do this, but I want to hire people to make the calls first. Mm. And I always say, talk to a thousand people, you know, talk to a thousand people and ask them if they consider an offer in their property. And you can talk to anybody about anything. It blends into the rest of your life for you kind of did flip that on its head. You talked to everybody about everything, and now you took that experience and the way that you use, the way that you communicate to be able to bring that to real estate, mm. and boom, your first deal, Ooh. your first deal. Yeah, Come on, that. man. I want to talk about it. Because, okay. So you were calling, right? Calling. Five hours a day. Five hours a day. No joke. No five joke. days a week. Yes, and my wife would sometimes tell me like, hey, she was encouraging me. Did you make your calls? Did you make your calls? You know, it was hard having a newborn and doing it, but I I, I had to make it happen. Sure. I w- and I had a broken Samsung Galaxy. <laughs> I didn't have the mojo yet. So. You were just hand dialing. hand dialing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you didn't have any kind of systems making the calls for no you. System. You didn't have any dialer making the calls. You were hand dialing five hours a day. Yeah. Right? And then you got the I get, system. I got the system um, yeah. around October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mojo dialing. How did that change your life? Oh, my God. Goodness gracious. I was like, where has this been at? <laughs> yeah. This, where has this been? Like, right. So, I mean, I had a single power dialer, yeah. but it still helped tremendously compared to using the broken Samsung. For sure. I remember making hand dials, right? And this is 2012. Making hand dials, hand dials, hand dials, and then jumped on the dialer and I was like, conversation after conversation after conversation. I was like, Woo, I'm going to get good at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get good at this because it's so much, you know, it's so much easier and you kind of take out, you know, the processes and the technology take out a lot of the time and efforts to to set everything up and focus, help you focus on actually making the calls. Yes. Right. So you're having conversations with people. You're building up a pipeline of leads. Mm-hmm. What list was your first deal? Did your first deal come from? So uh, my first deal was it wasn't a list. It wasn't a list. It wasn't a list. Beautiful. And I had my first deal was from a Craigslist post. Awesome. Okay. And, Perfect. And, and it was literally, I mean, I had my first contract that I got was from that list. Yeah. But it did, I canceled it. Okay. You know, um, I ended up, you know, uh, I couldn't close on the deal. Right. But it took me seven months mm-hmm. to finally get a, a really, truly motivated seller. And this didn't happen through a, a list. It was crazy. I spent, at that point, you know, from October to like uh, February, I started to spend more money on systems yep. and marketing, like, such as the you know the cold calling and then no DM, no direct mail. Right. And um, I then kind of got a little strategic. I don't know if it's really strategy, but it, I, I think so. Let me post some Craigslist posts. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. Uh, this came Brent from a bird dog post. I love it. I was I posting to get a bird dog okay. to help me with finding properties. So what does this post say? So this post says, hey, I'm a local real estate investor looking for uh, distressed properties Mm -hmm. to buy in the area. I'm looking to grow my team of, uh, I didn't call them bird dogs, but the title was bird dogs, property finders to help me. I'll give you, if you find a property that we end up closing on the property, I'll give you $1,000 for finding the property. Got it. 
Okay. So I got a re- reply. I got different replies, but I got one reply that stood out, which was from a, a lady who wanted to sell her house. Mm-hmm. Her own house. Her own house. Her own house. Okay. So at first it was a property that she, it was a house, but it was a property that she owned. So she was, um, she uh, was a tired landlord. That's the word I was going to Yeah, for. sure. Tired landlord. Yeah. And um, she just didn't want anything to do with it anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I immediately, TTP. Yeah. You know, I called her. Mm-hmm. Um, once I called her, there was the most motivation that I heard from a seller throughout the whole seven months that I was, you know, calling people. Yeah. So I didn't even waste any time. I went from Inglewood and I drove to her, meet her in Granada Hills, which mm-hmm. is like, People who know LA, it's like almost an hour away, maybe an hour away, I think. Yeah. I met her at the elderly kind of like home business. Sweet lady, sweet Filipino lady. And she just told me her whole story. I think she wanted too much for the property. And uh, I came in maybe like 30,000 lower than what she wanted. Yeah. Um, maybe 30 to 40,000 from what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, again, I was still felt like a rookie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, sure. Even though I was seven months in. But she liked my personality. Mm-hmm. She loved my personality. Mm-hmm. She ended up telling me, you know what? I'll call you back. Mm-hmm. So I was like, but you built a relationship. But I built a relationship. It's not a surface level rapport. You were going in there. You were asking questions. You really want to see if there was a problem that you can solve. Yes. Right. And so what was the condition of the property? The condition wasn't that distressed. Okay. Because there was like about six people still there elderly. And um, it was pretty nice. The back, backyard needed work. Yep. Definitely need repairs. To, so this to is like a, it. is it like a, a hospice care house? Is it like a retirement house? Like, like home like health care. Home health care. Like okay. home health care. Got it. Yeah. That's why I think it, it was more like a home health kind yeah. of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she just wanted to just be done with it. And um, she pretty much said, I'll, I'll call you back. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, hopefully <laughs> I didn't kill this deal. What was the, do you remember the offer you gave her? No, I don't. I do not. I do not now. I remember the deal that we actually closed, but I don't remember the offer that I okay, gave her. Okay. Yeah. I was like, okay. She called me back two days later mm-hmm. and um, she said, um, yeah, I'm going to go with another buyer. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. This is for this property. I'm like, what sure. do you mean you're going for another? Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Right? So I ended up finding out that pretty much she owed a lot on that property. Not mortgage. She had tax liens. Yeah. So she only got ten thousand out of it. Mm. And the buyer who got who ended up beating me to the punch, he bought it. You know, almost retail. Yeah. So he was just the right buyer for her. I well, some buyers for those for the properties that are elderly care, they'll buy pretty close to retail value because the cash flow from those is so great that it's a great investment for specific buyers. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because people, just just for clarification, people were renting out rooms, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, and and those rooms, I mean, rent out with the with the staff and the medical uh, care is thousands of dollars mm-hmm. for each room. So I I get it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and and that's what I was. I just told her, you know what? He was the right buyer for you. I was yeah. like, congratulations on that. And she's like, uh, I only got ten thousand. So I was like, oh okay. So fast forward. While I was at, let me backtrack again. While I was at her house, the conversation was like, you know, my my husband, he's elderly. You know, eventually we do want to move probably back to the Philippines. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, I asked her, do you have any other properties you want to sell at the time? And she's like, well, maybe my house later on, but probably next year. 
Now repeat that question you asked her again. <laughs> Got it from you too. No, no, no. Do you have but any this other? Is, yeah. Do you have any other properties that you may be hoping to sell in the future? That's it. So if somebody is shutting the door, or closing the door, or has is taking a, uh, an offer on a property that's from a different buyer, or they're saying no, they don't want to sell this property, make sure you ask the follow up question. Do you have any other properties you would consider an offer on? Maybe something that needs some love. Maybe something that needs a renovation. That's right. right. That was a golden question yeah. uh, because it opened the door for her to talk about her house that mm-hmm. she's cur- she was currently living in at the time. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, my husband's getting old. We probably want to relocate back to the Philippines. So I said, let me know in the future yeah. whenever you do decide yeah. to move. And I hope I'm the first buyer you contact. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking she was going to call me after, you know, maybe seven months, eight months from now um, about it. She called me in two weeks. Woo! Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Two weeks. Yeah. And I was like, but you get that call. She doesn't call the other guy that just bought her property. She calls you because you built a relationship with her. Now she got more and, and probably the offer that you gave her wouldn't cover what she owed mm. on the tax liens and everything else. So she made a little bit of money on the property that you initially went after, but mm. she knew that she wanted to work with you anyway. Yes. That, I mean, that's why it's so important to go in there with that kindness and that certainty and that likability and really communicate with them and just really see if you, you you need to really be there for the seller. That's right. And if you're there for the seller, you will win. Absolutely. That's what I learned yep. for that whole situation. Yep. You're absolutely right, because I was surprised that she called me mm-hmm. that soon. And um, I told her because I don't want to waste my gas, you know, so I got the number. Uh, before going mm-hmm. out there, I told her, she said, I want to move from my property. I was like, okay, what, what's the timeline looking like? And she said, as, as soon as possible. Right. Now, this is pre-COVID. Right. So I didn't know what was coming, but, and we didn't know what was coming. She didn't know what was coming, but she was very motivated to leave her property. Mm-hmm. So I said, I did my numbers, did my due diligence, and um, I asked her, what do you want for it? And yeah. she said she wanted six six eighty. Okay. And... um I'm like, okay, 680. And I was at 660. So it's close. Very close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, can you do 660? You know, I can, I can do 660. Yeah. And um, she was like, okay. And immediately I drove out there, yep. viewed the property, beautiful property, mid-century home. The after repair value was like 900,000. Okay. It was a it was a beautiful home. It needed work. Yeah, but it, you know, I met her husband and everything. I feel like, like you're gonna say every house is beautiful. <laughs> I LA. feel like you're gonna say every house is beautiful. I bet it needed some work. It needed. Some she work. was selling it cash as is and not putting it on the market. Right? It needed work. Okay. It needed work. Yeah. I just like the style of it. I get it. it. Mid-century. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I pretty much sat at her kitchen table. Yeah. Again, it was it was one of those things where I felt more confident now because yeah. I already went and you know built kind of. Built a relationship yeah. with her, mm-hmm. and by uh, by doing so, I, I didn't hesitate with the with the agreement. Yep, I, I was like, "Well, let's get this thing going. I, we can close in less than thirty days, you know, um, and um, hopefully we can make this transaction smooth." And yeah. her husband was like, "You're gonna sign your life away," <laughs> and he was joking, but right. you know, she was ready. Yeah, so um, got the contract. So happy, and uh, immediately found. Um, I already had. Uh, two buyers that I built rapport with, okay. a relationship with, yeah. for that seven month period. Yeah, because I had a couple of deals that just didn't go through. Sure, deal of my own, the the October deal that uh, I had to cancel. Okay, so it was um, a buyer that was an acquisitions manager. You know, these buyers though, I knew that they were buying because mm-hmm. I looked them up. 
I looked at the properties they were buying. So um, I already had at least a solid three that I knew would probably take this property. So okay. I was confident because yeah. my, my buyers list at the time was only like 50, maybe 50 buyers. Right. Uh, so I blasted it out. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, now, real quick, this buyer, I would assume you're, you're trying to target people that would do like a fix and flip? Fix and flip, yeah. Right? I was Clean talking- it up, sell it for the 900s or whatever you were saying, you know, in the mid nines, yes. if it's all looking great. Exactly. How, was- how big was this house? Remember? I mean, are we talking they need to put two hundred grand into the rehab? Um, maybe or like, like hundred, maybe a hundred grand, hundred, hundred grand, hundred. So there's a lot of spread in this. Yes, there was a huge spread. There was a huge spread. Yeah. There was so how do you know how to price it when you sent it out to your buyers? I just comped the properties in the area. Beautiful. What I did was yeah. I looked at the other properties that had the mm-hmm. same square footage, mm-hmm. the same kind of condition mm-hmm. or the style, but how it looked. Yep. After all the repairs were done. Right. So I, just the square footage and the style of the home, of course. Estimated uh, I, repairs. Est- estimated repairs, actually the radius as well. Uh, I didn't comp for anything more than a mile. Sure. You know, just because of the, it was a specific style home. Yep. And then I also looked at another cash buyer who mm-hmm. bought nearby in the area. Mm-hmm. And I was able to do that just through Zillow, you mm-hmm. know. Then I looked it up through the cash buyer data feed. Love it. And I found that, okay, you know, if somebody is buying it close to this price for all cash, mm-hmm. Then maybe I can do the same thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, blasted it out mm-hmm. on email, and I got like eight replies. Love it. Fast replies. Uh-huh. Fast replies. Uh-huh. One buyer that I had who buys a lot of properties in the Inland Empire, he was interested, but oh, I think I'm missing something. Did I say I said I got it under contract for six 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 sixty? Right. Yeah. Okay. So I priced it at. Should I say the price? What I priced it at? Yeah, now? absolutely. Okay. I priced it at seven forty. Yep. Initially, I was going to do seven eighty. Yep. But I'm like, I don't know. That's probably going to be too big. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, seven seven forty, and um, I had a, the buyer from the IE. He came down at like um, seven hundred. Yeah. And he didn't even see the property yet. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, right. Let me get some more guys in here. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did an inspection date and two days after, and uh, I had everybody come through. Love it. You know and. Um, you know, it's, it's funny if we have time. Yeah. As I was driving to from Inglewood to the property, and I usually take the freeway on the four or five going to, you know, but I took kind of like the back streets. I took the four or five, but I took the back streets as well. Mm-hmm. And as I was driving, I saw a billboard. Yeah. And I'm like, I know I'm going to get a buyer today. I refuse to cancel this contract. Right. I will get a buyer today. Yeah. It's not going to happen again. You know, that incompletion that I had from the first one not going to happen. So I was talking myself into that. So I see a billboard and on the billboard, it says Picard. I didn't know what that meant at the time, but immediately, uh, not immediately, like about 30 seconds after looking at it, Brent, Mm -hmm. I was like, there's that something that Picard that I'm reading correlates with this deal and me closing on the deal. Okay. So I continue to drive when I get to the house. Picard? Picard is the last name of the acquisition manager that I've been building a relationship No, and it's on a billboard. And it's on a billboard. <laughs> oh, come on, man. I'm telling okay, you. Okay. So when I get to the house, I'm like, ah, Picard, they're going to be my buyers. I don't know if I should say the end buyer's name on the podcast, uh, but the company name. That's fine. Brecken, Breckenridge uh, yeah. Properties. Yeah. So he works with them. For anybody in LA, you know, you guys got a cash buyer. I just enriched you right now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was like, he's going to be my buyer. So show the property because I want to make I want speed through that process. They were all interested. Actually, one buyer almost killed the deal. He came too early, knocked mm-hmm. on the door. 
And the seller called me and she was like, Kobe, they have somebody here who's, you know, looking, walking through the property, you know, and I immediately called. He was an acquisitions guy. Yeah. The field manager, I guess, field manager. Sure. Whatever and that means. Whatever that means. He was a sales guy for him. He's a sales yeah, guy. So for he was walking around. He showed up early showed because up. he wanted to get at the property and he was being inconsiderate, to be honest. And some of the, some of this industry is inconsiderate. They're just like, you know, I'm going to go when I go and whatever else, right? Yeah. And sometimes you have to deal with that if you're sending it out to multiple buyers, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I was, so I had to pull him to the side after when I got there. I'm like, hey, you know, came a little too early. That's if we want to do more transactions in yeah. the future, come on, you got to. Just the timing, the time that I have set, just, you know, just follow it. You just know. respect it. Just respect it. That's because it. that could have been, she was a sweet lady. That could have been a deal killer. Yeah. But anyway, so everyone came at a low price, mm-hmm. like seven, seven tens, 700. And to me, Brent, I'm like, I'll be happy to walk away with 680. Right. Six at, you know, because the work that I put in for seven months, I like. Listen, I had when it. it's your first deal, <laughs> like if you make a dollar, and I'm like, obviously yeah. you've got a good deal here, but when you no, yeah. because it goes from yeah. you're building so much of your of your efforts off of faith, and then when it becomes fact that you can actually make income from it, yeah. that's when that really sits in your brain and really sits in there and goes, okay, I can do this again and again and again and again. And so getting that first deal done is so critical. But yeah, I mean, you're you're now negotiating. Now you're you're like, okay, and this is a beautiful game to play, right? Yeah. Not not even a game, but a, just a beautiful situation to be in where you're like, okay, I can make guaranteed fifty thousand. Wait, no, now I can make guaranteed 55000 mm. Not guaranteed, but you're feeling good about it. Absolutely. You think that they're going to close as long as the buyers have good reputations. Now it's 60000 mm. and now it's creeping. So mm. what did the end up buyer being? So I ended up calling mm-hmm. the guy after leaving the house. I'm yes. like, your acquisitions manager came, or your uh, field uh, lady came down. Are you guys, can you do the asking price? And he's like, Hold one second. You know, he waits like 10 seconds or so. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you can do the, you can do 740. Yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, let's do this. Let's move. Yeah. You know, immediately I sent out, you know, I, I got too excited. Yes. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> I got so excited. I called my wife. I'm like, look, we got, we got this thing. So everyone listening and watching, they know what the assignment fee is now. But yeah. Pretty much. But uh, say it. What'd you net on it? Let's ring this thing. 80,000. 80,000. Come on. Let's do this. Yes. <laughs> I've been waiting for a while to do yeah. that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's just, I mean, what what an incredible. Changed my life. Yeah. I mean, just what an incredible opportunity to help out that seller that wanted to sell fast, right? Work with these buyers. You had several buyers. It was obviously a hot deal, mm. but you stuck it out. Stuck I out. mean, I know the, if it was my first deal, I would have sold it to the first person that said yes. I would have. I know myself. But you had the confidence to know that you could push this higher. There's something about you that is special in that sense that you have that, that confidence knowing that I have something that I really want to push it a little bit further to see how much I can get out of that. So that I think that that's going to serve you for years to come uh, in, in whatever negotiations, whatever business that you're doing. So I think that's so powerful. I you did. That. I mean, just so powerful. And then you've been part of TTP. I mean, you've been involved. You've been, you know, helping out. You've been texting. We've been communicating. It's just yeah. been wonderful seeing this whole, uh, you know, journey that you've been on and being a part of. So thank yeah. you for letting me be a part of, of it. Of course. <laughs> thank you for, thank you, for uh, you know, letting me be a part of the TC family. Yeah. That projected me too, you know, for anyone listening i needed that accountability sure so doing joining the program and being able to communicate with you you yeah. know i can't thank you enough for yeah. 
constantly enriching everybody, enriching myself, holding me accountable, responding to text messages because you have so much you're doing, see what you're doing. You know, uh, I think that helped me also close the other two deals. You know, not even think, I know it helped me (laughs) close the other two deals because it took me another five months. Sure. You know, to close my second one. Yeah. And it happened after joining TTP. Yeah. So, well, listen, you do all the hard work. You know what I mean? You do all the hard work. You got to be the one on the calls. You got to be the one in front of the, the, the distressed property owners or the motivated sellers. So, you've done a really excellent, I mean, $124,000 in your first year. You know, you went in and you asked for healing, better relationships, and a financial blessing. Right. And I mean, look at this, right? Incredible. I mean, life changing. Incredible. My life, my life, that's the most money I ever made. Yeah. Ever in my life, sure. So um, I'm, I'm just feeling just, really a blessed. It's just, just a start. Just a start. Just a start. So to speak now to anybody starting out in this. They're working to get their first deal. What advice would you give them? I would say patience, mm-hmm. persistence, mm-hmm. perseverance. Love it. It took me seven months to close my first deal. What if I would have quit at month six? Quitting was never an option to me. So for anyone listening, don't quit. Yeah. Even if it takes you a year and a half. Yeah. Just have that that cognition, the mentality that I am going to continue yep. no matter what. Love if it. you have that, you cannot fail. So you will be successful. That's right. Do whatever you got to do, even if it's a Craigslist post. Yes. <laughs> That's it. You don't know where your deal is going to come from. That's it. You just don't know. As long as you were out there having quality conversations. That's right. You win. That's right. You win. How do people get a hold of you? Um, you can email me at Meru, M-E-R-U. Uh, estates, E-S-T-A-T-E-S at gmail.com. Meru Estates Love it. at gmail.com. Love it. Yeah. Kobe, thanks for being on here. Thank you. Such an inspiration, such a story. I mean, absolutely incredible. Uh, everybody out there listening and watching, if you are interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing with my man Kobe here, it is the TTP family. It is the TTP program. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Scroll down, check it out. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. I look forward to working with you personally. And as I sign off, as I always do, I encourage you to go out there and share your gifts, share your skills, share your ability, and talk to people. Until next time, love you. See you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.